You're listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense with your host, Doug Thorpe. Here's Doug. Everyone, this is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm Doug Thorpe, and it's a pleasure to be back with you again today. And I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day to join us. My guest today is a special friend. He's a friend of a friend, and now we're working on our relationship and friendship. His name is David Schreiner Kahn. David, welcome to the show. Thank you, Doug. Thanks for inviting me. He has a phenomenal title tagline that really immediately grabbed my attention. He calls it smashing the plateau. And when I saw it, I immediately gravitated to the phenomenon that is a regular recurring theme in a lot of business owners life that I know of. You work hard and you get your business ramped up, you hit some level and it becomes a plateau that seems inescapable. You're stuck there. It's almost like going out in the wilderness for a season or two or three. And it can be very frustrating as an owner to try to get there and or get through that and understand that. And uh, so we're going to dive in. We're going to tear that apart and talk about it. So, David, before we get into those details, I'd like you to share with everybody a bit of your journey and background to get you to this uh, theme and thought. Sure. Um, thanks, Doug. So I'm located in New York, and I started my professional career as a chemical engineer. Um, I was just mentioning to you before we hit record that I actually lived in, in Houston in your neighborhood uh, a long time ago, back when I was doing engineering. And um, I did that for a few years. Then I went into the nonprofit sector and um, spent over two decades in management and leadership roles. Um, left in 2006 to start my own single-person consulting firm, and um, I was initially focused on serving nonprofit organizations. That was my um, what I knew best, and that was my network. Um, and I started out doing that, and and things were um, were actually off to the races and running pretty smoothly. Um, started doing some business networking and ended up um, being asked by some small businesses to help them with their business challenges. And, um, you know, lo and behold, over time, that ended up becoming much more of the audience that we were serving. And specifically within that, within the small business arena, um, I was getting requests from a lot of um what I'll describe as corporate refugees, people like me who had spent um, usually somewhere between about 20 and 40 years working for somebody else in some organizational capacity, whether it's a you know, large public corporation, a, a privately held business, government, nonprofits, but they, they all had the same scenario, which is they went from a place where they were mid to high level um, usually they had a very full calendar, um, overflowing inbox, this built-in social structure and a team. And then they went out on their own. Most of the time that like me, they wanted to serve the same kinds of clients they were serving in the corporate setting. Um, but when they start out, they had an empty calendar, empty inbox, 
no team, no, team. no social structure, yeah. no structure, period. <laughs> right. And then they had to get up and do something that they'd never done before, which is namely sell themselves. Um, so it's, you know, it's very daunting. And, um, you know, along with the podcast that I started in 2014 called Smashing the Plateau, this sort of became, um, I, I would say my own personal mission is to help folks like what I had gone through over the last, um, you know, I started 2006. So now it's, um, I guess it, it's a long time. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, so this has really become, you know, the, the podcast and the community have become the platform to um, to help people that are trying to build their own business, but they don't need to build it alone. Yeah. Um, and you're, that scenario that you talk about is definitely a, a common theme. So often people spend the first 20 years or so of their life taking the big corporate job where the paycheck is, quote, steady and reliable. And that's certainly helpful if you're starting out building a family. But you you do hit that revelation point where you say, why am I working so hard for somebody else? What if I did all this for myself? And uh, that that is a very common motivator that gets people out of corporate and into the entrepreneur game. Um, how do people normally, you know, start up when they, when they contact you? What what are the areas that you typically dive into right out of the gate? Yeah, um, I, yeah I would say the first one is really a mindset issue because you need to believe that you have value. It's very hard to sell yourself at an appropriate price point if you don't believe that you have value. And what I've seen with consultants and coaches, particularly in the beginning when they haven't sold much or maybe haven't sold anything, is they price themselves too low. And mm -hmm. right, if you, particularly if you're like mid to late in your career and you have, um, you have fixed expenses to support your lifestyle, leaving the paycheck can be quite frightening. And so, right. um, <laughs> Even if you don't need the cash today, um, what I've seen happen is you um, you feel desperate to get somebody to buy something from you. And the reality is nine times out of 10, the price point is not the biggest issue for somebody to buy your services. It is something else. Um, but I've seen consultants and coaches think too much about their price point and they make it, they initially price themselves too low. So I would say mindset is, is a, is a really like big, big issue right out of the gate. Right. Yeah. And as soon as you start playing that price cutting game and, and you're right, the, the motivator to do that is just the, the hunger to have some business at any price to make you feel like you're making progress and it sets a precedent. It puts you in a downward spiral of agreeing to commoditize your business. And to your point, if you've brought a specialty to the market in a, in a career long catalog of experience, that's, that's valuable to somebody and it's, and it's high value and it, it can mean a significant change in the 
in the life of another entrepreneur if you come and share your own expertise. So, yeah, that pricing strategy is is a big challenge. And so, and and I love your word mindset. I think that's such a big part of helping entrepreneurs uh, work through what they might be dealing with. Inevitably, it's always every challenge you face is going to come down to your mindset and the the stories you tell yourself about what you're doing pro or con right correct and i've seen people charge vastly different prices for the same value yeah and, and what i see as the biggest difference is their mindset and their belief in their own value right right yeah. And, you know, the world is filling up, I guess, I don't know if it's a function of social media or, or what, and I don't want to have that argument. We'll do that another time. But um, the point is there's a preponderance, or at least maybe there's a, a, a growing awareness of the number of people that have left corporate and hung out shingles to say, I'm a consultant, I'm a coach, I'm an advisor, I'm this and I'm that. And it has, in a fashion, flooded the market. So it puts a real burden on the buyer to try to determine who should I be talking to. Correct. Right. And and the last thing you want to do is create confusion in the mind of your ideal buyer. Right. Right. So I'm going to extrapolate that. Is So you help people with refining their their brand message of what they are bringing to help help that clarity point? Yes, and the, there, there are a few steps that you, you need to go through. Um, the first is you need to do some self-reflection and figure out what is really important to you in your life. What do you want your business to be able to serve for you and those that may be financially dependent on you if you, if you have people that are financially dependent on you? Um, and then think about yourself. What is it that you love doing the most? What is your area of greatest competence? Who do you really love to serve? What, what is, when, when you think about, and again, this is focused on a, a, you know, a small service business. When you think about who you want to impact, try to clarify that as much as possible. Um, look at the intersection of those three areas and hypothesize what is a problem that you can solve and think about who is your ideal client um, think about that in as narrow a term as possible what is one problem you can solve for them and again think about this problem in as narrow terms as possible because the other issue i see with beginning consultants and coaches is uh, let's say you were um, a marketing strategist in a corporation well, I could sell myself as a marketing strategist for a small business or a uh, fractional chief marketing officer for small business. Well, what kind of business? Um, I, I can do it for any business. Well, that makes it hard for somebody to realize when they need you. So you actually have to go as narrow as possible. And what you can do is hypothesize, um, hypothesize something that's particularly narrow and then do some market research to get some validation. 
because the, the market research is really critical. I've seen consultants and coaches make the mistake of spending time doing something with their LinkedIn profile or trying to build a website, um, creating some um, program that's totally fleshed out. And then they, they launch it and guess what? Nobody buys it because you haven't done your market Pretty research good. by actually talking to people who are potential customers. Um, yeah. So the most important, like you do that background work on yourself and sort of hypothesize what is it you think you can offer to whom and what problem you're going to solve. But then you've got to go out and talk to people that know about that market and people who are actually potential customers. Yeah. I'm reminded of a story. There's a, a gentleman that was on my podcast last year, and he has uh, developed a very high-end uh, retreat facility down in Costa Rica. And part of his process to get there, he he hired a freelancer to do some research and create for him a list of 2,500 resort directors, chief executives around the globe, and and research and tease out their actual direct contact info. And then he personally made literally 2,500 phone calls to talk to those guys about their resorts and their programs and their facilities, staffing, offerings, the whole nine yards. And then he wove together a vision of what he wanted his to be based on all of this experience from all these others. And I got to be honest, I've never heard an entrepreneur quite that dedicated to doing that kind of research for establishing their business. But guess what? Fast forward six years and his retreat is a, a phenomenal success. It's five star rated. It's, you know, it's off the charts. He did the research, and he's he his facility is booked solid two and a half years out into the future. You can't get a booking for the next two and a half years at his facility, um, and it's a you know it's a constant model that's that's working now. And it uh, it sounds daunting. I don't know about you, but if I when he told me that, I thought about sitting and making twenty five. 100 phone calls. I I don't think I have that in me. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I don't have it in me either, Doug. But I can tell you, when I have done market research, I usually find that if I'm making 10 to 15 calls, um, and you really need to do this in a live conversation, this is not email, it's not, you know, it's ha having somebody fill out a web form, um, you actually have to have live conversations where you can have some back and forth and, and try to go deeper to understand what might motivate someone to want what you're thinking about offering. I find if I have 10 to 15 conversations, I generally have a sense of whether or not something that I'm thinking about may fly. Yeah. 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 That, that's a good point. Well, when, um, well, let me go this way. What uh, give us a, uh, a maybe a, a story, an anecdotal um, expression of, uh, you know, a prior client, a recent client, recent success. Um, yeah, so we we have a, a member of our community who has mm -hmm. a small consulting business um, with a a small team, um, no direct employees. Uh, the the team is all uh, subcontractors, and 
um, was uh, the, the business has had it's been pretty successful um, and has had some some fluctuations, like many businesses. And in particular, there was um, a sizable client whose recurring contract was about to end, and the business owner. Uh, was actually quite anxious that the loss of this client might end up um, derailing the business and forcing uh, forcing this person to actually look for a job, which is not something that that you know if you if you want to leave corporate life behind and you want to have your own business, you you don't want to have to go back to job hunting, right? Um, right. And uh, we had a community session, and they put out to the community exactly what the scenario was and said this was actually was a focused discussion about business development and and said you know what suggestions do you all have for me to do to try to keep my business alive and um, there was some great feedback and um fast forward this session was um about two months ago uh fast forward this business owner just reported that they landed a new client at their top rate, um, a new recurring monthly client. Um, by following the advice that they heard um, several days every single week for the last two months. That's great. That, that's that's definitely <laughs> success. Um, very, very good to hear. And, and you know, you, you, you mentioned, so the, the solution to that problem came from this community interaction. So tell us a little bit more about the community that you've built. Um, yeah, so what I've found, um, and, and I've been doing this, um, I'm going to say I've been doing this with solo consultants and coaches or, or people with very small teams for um, about eight years. And in particular, for these kinds of businesses, um, being in a um, a safe collaborative environment with a group of peers can be a game changer because we all have ups and downs, we all have challenges, we all have successes. And when you put out where you are and where you're stuck to a small group of people, you can get some very valuable feedback about scenarios that they have been in that may have been similar. What are some of the things that they have tried? What's worked for them? What hasn't worked for them? So in essence, you have your own board of advisors. And um, you know th these kinds of communities um, are... Um, you know, we're, we're not the first one to, to create something like this. Uh, they're out there. Um, you know, I think about organizations like EO, entrepreneurs' organizations. Um, they they have some similar aspects, and and there are many others. Um, the thing is, it's important to be with like-minded people that face similar kinds of challenges, which is yeah. why we've we've designed our community to be focused on corporate refugees that are. Um, building their own consulting or coaching business in their discipline. Yeah. Like it's a particular focus and it's um, it, it needs to be a place where the culture is one of collaboration, caring and support. 
because the last thing you are going to feel comfortable doing is sharing an area where you're facing some big challenges if you don't feel like it's a safe space to do that. Um, you know, we have this myth in America that people are supposed to be super successful on their own with no help. And the reality is when you read any business book, any biography, um, you look at people that have been very successful, they have never done it on their own. There's always right. a team. There's always, um, there are peers that that are supportive. There are mentors and coaches. Um, you know, we we don't learn how to do these things on our own. Right. And um, so, so it's really important to be in a place where you can feel comfortable sharing. And the other thing is, um, you do need, if, if you want to gain support, you need to let your hair down a little and, and share where you're challenged so that you can get that support. Yeah. Share that truth that you feel afraid of opening up. And as, as somebody once famously said, nothing disinfects like the light of the sun. <laughs> and, you know, you, you get your hidden truth out in the open in a, in a group of, of peers that you can trust and you have developed a, a level of trust with, and you'll be amazed. And, and I have the same experience. I, I don't have a large-scale community, uh, but uh, I, I do run mastermind groups. I, I very selectively take my clients and offer them participation in, in some uh, very high-end masterminds. And you know that's the that's the peer to peer gathering and and working problems together uh talking honestly about fears doubts and speculation and all the things that runs through the the mind of a of a business owner in today's market and what inevitably is discovered that whatever it is that you think is holding you back somebody else has already been there and done that and found the way over the mountain and and they can share that with you and help you uh, find your own path. It it won't be exactly, you know, their solution may not be exactly what you choose for yours, but it can be darn close and with the same powerful effect. Right. So like the example that I just shared with you, this business <laughs> owner that was uh, quite anxious because a major client was about to uh, disappear uh, because they shared their story they got some great advice and were able to implement that and then land another great client. Yeah. And, and one thought that comes to my mind, and I was guilty of this in my own entrepreneurial life, is that sometimes we build these businesses and we rock along and all of a sudden this dream client shows up that is, is call them the whale, call them the elephant, whatever you want to call them and they come in and inevitably what the first thing they do is they squeeze you on price because they've got all this volume and you know they they want some concessions so if you're hungry enough you agree to do that and then the next thing you know that kind of becomes your whole life and then all of a sudden they either disappear or stop ordering or you know, stop using you as their service provider. And you've kind of built the whole company to serve, you know, that one whale account. And uh, sometimes it's, it's important to 
make an honest assessment and say, you know what, you're actually costing me money. And you, when, when you're in the negative, you don't make it up with volume. <laughs> no, no. You got to be careful not to build yourself a, um, a job without benefits. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, David, on that note, I think we're going to take a short commercial break here. And when we come back, I've got some other questions about this idea of uh, uh, smashing the plateau. I love that title. <laughs> Hang in with us, folks. We'll be right back. Business is all about solving complex problems as fast as you can create them. Become the best problem solver by leading others to greatness, too. And the first step is going to DougThorpe.com. Doug Thorpe is known globally for coaching entrepreneurs and business leaders, improving their performance and the work output of everyone surrounding them. You can find health, wealth, and happiness by learning to lead others to health, wealth, and happiness. Go to DougThorpe.com now and order Doug's books or hire him to coach your managers. That's Doug, T-H-O-R-P-E.com. All right, everyone, we're back. This is Leadership Powered by Common Sense. I'm your host, Doug Thorpe, and my guest today is David Schreiner-Kahn. We, we've been talking about this uh, model that he has, and I, I, I love the model. I think it's an important segment in the, in the world out there of entrepreneurship. Uh, David calls them corporate refugees, people that have left the big corporate life and launched out to start a business and uh, are maybe struggling with various aspects. So on that note, what are some of the other things you see in your your client community? What what are some of the other pain points that these people bring to you? Um, relationships is a big one because people do business with people that they know, like, trust, and believe care about them. Yeah. And when you, particularly when you've left the, the corporate arena, the relationships that you have built over your professional career may not be the best ones to serve you as an entrepreneur. So for example, I know that when I left my last job, the network of people I had, um, uh, a good chunk of them were not on, um, entrepreneurially minded and were not the ones who were going to help me get business. Um, there, there were some exceptions. There were some that actually were, were very helpful and led to my initial clients. Um, but I realized that I needed to build a new, a whole new network of people and to continually work on those relationships. You know, so for example, Doug, you and I met through a mutual friend, Jamie right. Jay. Right, who right. Jamie, Jamie and I have known each other, I'm going to say maybe 10 years. We both started podcasting around the same time. And um, we stay in touch. We speak regularly and we have um, tapped into both of our networks to help each other. And that's what happens in the business world. So you need to, you need to have a um, not only understanding of how relationships work, you also need to have a system to maintain your relationships and to build new ones. So it's right. really important, right? It's really important to have um, some method where you regularly reach out to those with whom you have the closest relationship. And in particular, where there's, there is going to be some mutual benefit to having regular contact, whether it's potentially direct referrals or advice or um, 
just a place to maybe vent what's going on in your life. Like I have business friends that I spend more time talking about personal things than about business. Yeah. Um, but that's yeah. the relationship we've developed and we stay in touch and we, you know, we'll speak regularly and we'll talk about our families and whatever else is going on in our lives. And yeah, occasionally we'll talk about business, but you know, it's interesting how, you know, each relationship is a little bit different, but you, you need, um, you need a way to maintain them and to keep building new ones. Right. Right. No, I agree with you. And, uh, uh, speaking specifically of the world of podcasting as, as I, kind of turned my attention to uh, the regular and, and faithful production of his show. I uh, I was hungry to find a network that could help me sustain this show, and I had the good fortune of joining this uh, platform called Podmatch, and there were many prior to it. It's it's somewhat a dating service for pod people, <laughs> but um, it uh, it really the quality of people that uh, the founder there has attracted is is just amazing. And for me, it was a real blessing. That's how I met Jamie, and then through Jamie, met you. And my point is, um, I'm going to echo what you just said. As you meet people, you make connections, and you can build this very valuable network. I regularly refer people that cross my path who might actually be looking to work with me as their coach or business advisor. And I find that the honest answer is I'm probably not the best fit for them. So if I have somebody in my network that could be a better answer to their question, I'm very happy to, I call it serving the greater good. I'll make that referral in a heartbeat. I, I you know, as the old saying goes, what goes around comes around. I'm, I'm happy to hand that off if I know my own direct effort is not going to be helpful. And sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's not at all about me. It's just I'm hearing somebody's story, and I, I say, "Well, I know I know somebody you need to meet and talk to," and and uh, you know it'll be a good connection, and whatever comes of it, that's great. And inevitably, you know, I'll get very nice notes back from people saying, "Thank you so much for making that introduction. It made this." great change in my life. And, you know, now I'm on a good path and going in a good direction. So there's, uh, there's a lot of goodwill in that sort of mindset. Very much so. And I think particularly for people coming out of the corporate world, what I find is that there are many who do have a kind of network where there are some highly technical people that they've worked with and they are in fact good solid connections however uh, to your point they're they're not at all going to serve the development of a new business they're they may not even be able to think about how they can become referral partners and help you build a new business they're just so focused on the work they do or the expertise they have and the network that they know is that they aren't any help for that other thing. So that corporate refugee has to really go out on their own and start uh, building a new community and a new uh, group of contacts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, when... Uh, you know, when, when people do come to you and they express that they're, they're in this 
sort of plateau space. What else do you try to dig into and lean into and and work them through? Um, a, a big issue that comes about has to do with productivity, particularly for those that have already they're running a business. Um, there's only so much capacity that one person has and you you need to figure out how to maximize your time that's like the biggest thing and secondly how to maximize your resources so even even if you're a single person consultant and or coach you can still have a team and you can start your team very modestly. You could start it with with one fractional person. There's so many ways that you can outsource things nowadays. Um, and as a matter of fact, shout out to Jamie. His his business is uh, masterful at outsourcing all kinds of things. Um, but y- you don't have to do things alone, nor should you do things alone. So think about what it is that you are best at doing, where it's most valuable for you to devote your time, and you think about how to get the other things done that don't require you to do them personally. Right, right. And, you know, that's a, um, what do I call it? That's That's a point of advice that is so hard for entrepreneurs to, to grab onto, especially those that are feel like they're still in the early stages of what they're doing. But um, again, to um, give a shout out to our friend, Jamie J, he, um, he had a great theme and his own mantra is don't repeat yourself. As soon as you find something in your business that is repeatable, you, you're constantly having to do it, you know, maybe day by day or week by week. That is a thing that could be a candidate for outsourcing. You know, find a virtual assistant, find a, a freelancer, find somebody else in the world that can pick that up and do that for you, and they become the the repeatable machine that that does it for you. And um, you know, with the with the global market being what it is, the resources you can find that are incredibly capable can be found for very reasonable rates. And it's it's not like you're going to have to break the bank or hire a 70, 80 or $100,000 colleague to, to do this work. You know, we're, that is we're, correct. We're talking about a much more economical price point. Yeah. And you should also think about what it is you can automate. Right. 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 If, if you find you're repeating yourself, there may be ways to automate what you're doing. You know, for example, for um, a relatively new consultant or coach, one of the things that's very easy to automate that a lot of people don't think about is when you're having an initial call with a prospect, there are going to be questions that you're going to ask each prospect. When you find that you're in that situation, create an intake form with those questions. Um, this is something I did early on in my business, and I, not and there were some some unexpected benefits. So um, it cut down on um, non qualified prospects taking up my time because people actually had to think about what their answers were and write them down, and some of them would just automatically fizzle because they they really they they weren't appropriate. Um, 
And I also was hearing from prospects that the process of answering these questions provided value to them. So they were already feeling like they got value from me before we even had our initial conversation, which is, right, that's a space you want to be in with somebody who's a prospect. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Very good. Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit, David. Tell us a little more about your podcast. What do you guys typically uh, talk about and explore? Uh, So we share stories of corporate refugees that have that are building their own business. Um, We talk about the successes and challenges and their career trajectory that they've had. Um, And we also speak with with, um, businesses that provide useful services to corporate refugees, um, often around areas of business development, productivity, mindset, uh, relationship building, et cetera. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, I think we need to probably uh, take this home and uh, put a bow on it. But, uh, David, thank you so much for joining in. Uh, tell everybody the best way to get a hold of you if they're interested in learning more. Uh, if you're interested in learning more, the best place to go is our website, which is smashingtheplateau.com. Smashingtheplateau.com. And you can also contact me on LinkedIn. I'm the only David Schreinercon that you'll find there. And I'd uh, be happy to set up a uh, time to speak if you have questions or there are um, issues you'd, you'd like to work through. Yeah, great. Well, folks, as always, we'll have that information in the show notes with those live links, and, and you can leverage that to, to get a hold of David. And one last time, David, thank you so much for sitting in. Thank you, Doug. My pleasure. And with that, folks, we are going to sign off. I appreciate everybody jumping in and spending time in your day to join us. I do like to remind people we've got a video of this episode over on YouTube, channel by the same name, Leadership Powered by Common Sense, or just put my name in the search box there. You'll get it. But uh, again, thank you for listening. We're going to sign off. Have a great day and go out and make a difference. You've been listening to Leadership Powered by Common Sense, hosted by Doug Thorpe. If you would like to know more about the coaching and advisory services he provides, visit DougThorpe.com.